What's up, EK Nation? How are you? Rob Howden here alongside David Cole. I got it right. You got the cheat notes there, don't you? <laughs> I usually had one where I was like up on top of my laptop. Welcome to another edition of Face to Face here on the eCarding News YouTube channel. It is uh, what, December the 21st, almost coming to Christmas time, almost getting ready to roll the calendars over to what will hopefully be a much different 2021. David, I think everybody's pretty much done with 2020. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think that's general consensus. Uh, we've been that way since November, I think. I think it's kind of <laughs> like, hey, let's get done with this year. Uh, you know, Christmas is coming around. Let's get done with that and let's move on to uh, to New Year's and uh, yeah. start writing a new number at the end of the year. Yeah, big time on that. Uh, one of the things, if you guys listened to our most recent edition of This Week in Carding, uh, which is now available, I believe, on the EKN radio network. we got that rolling. David will get it turned into a podcast here soon. Uh, one of the things, David, that you and I were talking quite a bit about uh, everything seemed to be about 2021. You know, we've, we've kind of wrapped up. We've, we've done the reviews. We've looked back at last year. It's all about 2021 schedules, locations, getting back to real racing. Uh, and that's really what this particular edition of Face to Face is about as well, because we're going to talk about an event that really has grown over the last couple of years, formerly known as the SimCraft 24 Hours of Orlando, now moving into Louisiana at NOLA Motorsports Park. Now the SimCraft 24 Hours of NOLA, an amazing event, twice around the clock, uh, 206-powered uh, engine with the Briggs on board, and just a, a really kind of motivated, of course, by the success and the popularity and really the legend of the Grania 500 down in, in Brazil. Uh, TJ Halsma, this was his idea to, to try to get this thing rolled up here. Started in Florida, now moving to NOLA and looking for some big numbers. Let's bring the guys in right now. We've got TJ Halsma joining us from the 24 Hours of NOLA and from USAC Karting as well. Uh, the always done up Jason Burgess. Like a good Jason. Holiday. Happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Surviving. Oh, a little eggnog. You got eggnog? Is it spiked, Jason? Uh oh. Is, oh, is he muted? Is, I don't know. No. We gotta get his. We gotta get his his, uh, his mic going, Jason. Your mic's not working right now. We'll figure that out. I think you're in that one out. Jason. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't see any eggnog in TJ's drink. Uh, straight bourbon, sir. I didn't think. You know what? This, we didn't actually call this a straight up um, uh, happy hour with Howden. We probably sure did because I'm drinking water right now. I I wasn't thinking. I probably should have got a cocktail. That might have been yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I think well, it, it, it would have been a good idea. Yeah, but it's still six o'clock. It's still dinner time. You it's know, true. People, it's yeah, true. people are eating. Even on the West Coast, it's not really happy hour yet. No, so we can't really well, unless you're Saysman and you're at the Cherry Pit or something like that. Good point. Fun. Yes. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> uh, hey, listen. Let's get let's get down to down to it here right now. TJ, uh, third edition, correct? Of yeah. Twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah. Third edition. Um, let's first and foremost just give it give people that may not know about it a little overview. What's the, what was the motivation to get this thing going, and, and just talk a little bit about the twenty four hour event, just to kind of get a feel for what we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah, so uh, the guys at SimCraft, um, Andre Martin's down in Orlando, we all kind of came together and we're like, look, there's a big 24-hour race in France. There's a big 24-hour race in Australia. There's a big 24-hour race in the UK, but there's not a big competition cart 24-hour race in the United States. And so uh, four years ago, we started planning on it. 2019 was the first race, really took a big leap there and tried to get it off the ground and running. Um, had a really good year that first year. The weather cooperated. Um, everything about that event went well and got people energized to come back. And so then next year, uh, which was January of this year, before everything fell apart, yeah, true. Um, we ran down Orlando and had once again a great event. So we went from uh, 24 carts in the first running 
to 34 cards in the second running. And then it was all about, all right, let's go back to Orlando in 2021, February 2021. Let's make this happen. And COVID continued and COVID continued. Yeah. Um, and all the while, we were looking at a second 24-hour race in the U.S. So You were going to do two. We were going to do two. The plan okay. was to do two. Um, we were working with uh, the guys at NOLA, uh, Kyle Thierbo, uh basically kept me energized. Was like, no, let's not do a 12. Let's do a 24-hour. We got we already ran the track. Let's do a 24-hour. We yep. started going down that route. And, uh, you know, you start working out that, hey, you know, coronavirus might not be gone by February. Um, we, you know, we have a lot of teams come from the Northeast where they'd have to go through lockdown restrictions. Yeah. Um, drivers coming from the UK who wouldn't be able to come at all or return. Um, so we're like, all right, let's maybe make the NOLA race in 2021, the 24 hour and let's roll Orlando back to a 12 hour. All right. Um, but it's, it's working out great. I mean, we've got a ton of energy um, going towards the race upcoming next year. I mean, it's, I'm getting calls from teams in Oregon, which I haven't had before. Wow. So that's awesome. Thing. Yeah. So we're looking at November the 11th or the 14th, right? Essentially, it's the weekend before. It's, it's, it's between the Rock the Rio and the Supercarts USA Super Nationals. You jammed yourself right in the middle. And I'm sure there's some people that are going to be maybe trying to do all three. I think that would be a pretty cool trifecta. Yeah. I mean, once you're on the road, I mean, <laughs> right? in the road, I guess, right? I mean, money's never an object. No, um, right there. But yeah, just to, to squeeze the race in between the, these two major two stroke uh, festivals. Uh, I think made sense for everyone. When we were looking at uh, dates, talking with Mike and, and Jason there at USAC, we're like, all right, October or November, where can we go? And we're like, all right, well, we're going to do November. Can't be after Thanksgiving. But there's a week between Rock and Scusa. If we can somehow get that week, uh, and it just worked out that uh, not only was the track available for that week, um, but also uh, Purdue football wasn't playing at home, so we were able to get uh, <laughs> That's very important. Yes, very of course important. it is, right? Yeah. yeah. And if Purdue was playing at home, he wouldn't be able to come. So it all just kind of – all the pieces came together um, to make that weekend a, a possibility for us. Hey, looking at the event earlier this year, I just want to think about because of where you are at the Supernats, how many drivers did you have last year as a part of the 34 teams that, that may have been Supernats or Rock the Real competitors? Was there, was there a lot of crossover there? Yeah, I mean, the TB card entries, the Nella card – um, Sketchy Barnes is out there running around. Uh, he's, you know, yeah, legend at in Las Vegas. Um, so there was, uh, there was probably, I'd say, about a, maybe a, a fifth to a tenth of the field, okay, some relation to Rock or, or Scusa. Um, and they were just throwing a 206 on to come out and play that weekend, yeah, yeah, Dave. I was just going to say the majority of your of your entries are just regional club guys that are, or even just indoor guys who yeah. don't necessarily compete outdoor karting that just come here and, and want to, to tackle that 24 hour. It's not necessarily the racetrack or the competitors. It's getting that, that 24 hours of, of a rate full race in. Yeah. It, you can see that even with the, uh, the, the reservations coming in now for the race, you can see that there's the real card entry, like the, the factory entries, the, the CRG and the, the cosmic card entries. But then you have like the three guys in a mechanic team name. You're like, all right, those guys are the guys who do the rental carding. Yeah. Those guys are here to be the the wild bunch and just have fun, um, and they don't really care at that point where they finish. I mean, those guys, I actually have the most fun with during an event. You know, you got the teams that are taking it very very seriously, and then you guys got the guys that have the stereo system cranked all the way up, <laughs> yeah, real wild. They're like, "Hey, you want a burger?" Yeah, uh, <laughs> those are the fun guys to be around because they're just there to have fun. They don't care they finish twenty first. They're they're the check off. They did a twenty four hour race. Yeah. 
Well, I think Jason can kind of back up that atmosphere type of mentality that we saw at the Robopong. I mean, even though it was a 200 lap event, uh, I, I still can't hear you, Jason, if you're talking. Can you talk? Nope. Yeah, you're still not working. Anyway, it was it had that type of atmosphere where you had the guys who were, like you said, two drivers and a mechanic or or three drivers and a mechanic. And then uh, and, and, and then you had the professional teams who came in in the big hauler yep. and, and had 12, 15 people around their pit stall doing the changes <laughs> right. and everything like that. So it, it, it kind of so I'll get to whenever Jason can get his microphone to work. We'll, we'll get that atmosphere, but um, still not working, uh, Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's still not working, Jason. I don't know. Come, drop out and come back in. Yeah, do that. Yeah. We'll do that. Hey, listen, here's a question for you then. It's kind of along the same line. You talk about the fact that you have kind of different factions, different sportsmen's and kind of a pro side. Is, you know, you jump, you said a big growth last year, a bit earlier this year to 34. Is this something you feel like, like it's going to keep going more to pro side, keep keep going to the pro side? Or do you always kind of want to have that mix of pro teams and guys that are sportsmen? Yeah, we definitely want to keep that mix. I mean, part of like a Lamar style race is that there's the Toyota teams out there and then there's the Bicoles teams out there. They're basically both racing in the same class, but they have two completely different goals. And that's what makes it a great event. I mean, you'll have differences in speed, differences in strategy. I mean, it's you never want that sportsman to go away. And I will make it work to where even the rules, if we start seeing a big pro contingents coming in, we'll try to separate them out to their own class. Yeah. And go for their own trophy, their own set of watches, and, and keep that core group of guys still wanting to come back and, and earn something themselves. And speak about that right now, the different categories that you do have, right? Because you have kind of the pro class and you've got a mm-hmm. master's class. You've added a heavy category as well for 2021, which is something brand new. Yeah, it's the uh, post-coronavirus class, you know, the, the <laughs> One of the things that we learned last year was that even though there was teams out there running in the pro or master's class, because of their driver weights, there was really no way they could compete for a top 10 finish. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, we had guys on the sideline going, hey, I'd love to come, but I can't get my team down to 365 or 375. Yeah. Um, so we came out with this 395 class, um, the, the heavy class, and I think that'll help get a little more people involved. At least I will be able to race if I want to, because now I have a car class that if I got it. <laughs> I wouldn't be 30 pounds heavier than everybody else off of that. Um, but it's, a, you know, adding that class, I think, will help a lot. And then also, it, even though it's just for funsies, but adding the solo class, um, you know, I do think we probably see two or maybe two or three guys try to take that challenge on to uh, join Marco. Um, and, you know, that's a completely different beast. I mean, that's... I, can't, gotta, yeah. I can't even believe that. You got to go through some serious vetting with the USAC guys to be able to get into the class. But oh my God. it... Uh, in 2015, we did a 24-hour race with endurance karting at Daytona, and there was three guys that ran solo, okay? And like hour 12, one of them was still in the top 10. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, they'll push themselves. They'll actually end up going a whole lot faster than if they were just by themselves. Yeah. And uh, that's why we have to have some sort of level of um, what's your resume, what are big Ironman events have you done before we let you just go out there and run by yourself for 24 hours? I just say, if I recall, Trey Shannon was probably one of those drivers that did the solo in Daytona. I really think he needs to come back and do it in NOLA. I really do. Uh, yeah. Not only, not that only like did he do it. me. And, yeah. Oh, I've already laid it out on the internet for him. And, and <laughs> yeah. Not only, not only is he able to compete both team wise and solo wise, but he also raised, raises money for charity as well too. So yeah. it's a great, it's a great cause that he does with uh, Tourette's and, and everything that he does. So I, I, I really hope he and others do. 
I like I would love to see three people or more do the solo challenge. Yeah, Trey's Trey's officially been called out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Dyer um, from Maine has been one of the individuals who was called out. He was in Daytona in 2015. Um, there's been just a couple guys who are like, hey, what if I just run 24 hours, but I quit at hour 12? I'm like, we pause our face-to-face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. Are you done with the craziness of 2020 and ready for 2021 to get underway? Everyone at Supercarts USA certainly is. If you're planning to race with Supercarts USA next year, we have the answer. Spring training is only a few weeks away. So get out of the cold and come join us in South Florida for our 2021 Winter Series. The Scusa Winter Series is back for its third season. AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex is the place to be in January and February. This is the ideal opportunity to shake off the rust and get ready for the new season. And the track at Homestead always offers tight and competitive racing. This is the tune-up for the Pro Tour and all the national classes are on the schedule. Get ready to rock at the Scusa Winter Nationals in New Orleans by racing against Scusa's best at the Winter Series. Registration is open for the first round of the series, which will fire up the 2021 season on the January 8th to 10th weekend. The second doubleheader is set for February 12th to 14th. You can get all the program's information on supercartsusa.com and register now at motorsportsreg.com. The Supercarts USA Winter Series spring training we'll see you there in 2020 psl karting will enter its 21st year of serving the north american karting community and they're proud to be north america's importer and distributor for the legendary burrell art brand having once again won burrell arts distributor of the year psl karting is your source for all things burrell art providing this top quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own pslcarting.com online store. We have over 100 carts in stock at all times, including the new Charles Leclerc line of carts carrying the name of Ferrari's Formula One pilot. PSL Karting can provide you with a Burrell Art, Ricardo, or Charles Leclerc turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs power plant complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24-7 at our online store, including parts and components, consumables like Amsoil, Motul, and Rotex XPS engine oil, and Vroom lubricants, Micron data acquisition systems and Unipro, and driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Our race trailer is always stocked with Bell helmets and components. Arrive and Drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. Go for it. I mean... Yeah. If you want to do that? That's, that's go show. until you can anymore. Hey, let's and, and bring that up, TJ, because to be and we got, by the way, we got Jason back. I heard that voice. Yeah. That was good. We'll come to you in a second. Um, <laughs> Guinness World Record last year set by by Mark, uh, as you said. Talk a little bit about about the fact he set a new world record for how far you go in a twenty four hour race. 
Yeah, I don't know how he did it. I mean, it was cold and raining for the first three or four hours of the race, and that just zaps your energy. Uh, but then he just kept clicking off laps, clicking off laps, and clicking off laps. I believe the card even broke down the last 30 minutes of the race. I think they ran he, it out. He literally lost the chain with like two or three laps left in the race. Yeah. Okay. I mean, wow. he, he broke the record like – 8 a.m. in the morning or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's still plenty of time left on the clock. When you wow. All right. That's crazy. Um, uh, you know what I want to go to right now real quick, David? I know you and I mentioned this before. We were setting up some notes here. Let's go back to the genesis of this, TJ, and, and your decision to go with the Briggs and Stratton engine. Um, obviously, Briggs has been such a huge factor in terms of getting uh, a lot of people off the off the couch, really revitalizing club level, the bottom, you know, the foundation of our sport, the bottom of the pyramid, that foundation. What was it? You know that that brought Briggs into your mind as the way you wanted to go with it, as opposed to another package. And are, do you have an official partnership with them? Yeah. So when we were evaluating engine packages and for year one, we're like, all right, we need an engine that we don't have to swap out in the middle of the race, but we need an engine that everyone already has. So there was that whole conversation: do you run Hondas and give everybody a Honda engine for that first year? And we started talking to uh, the original Dan at, at Briggs and Stratton, and we're like all right, this is what we want to do. Um, and he came on board and gave us great support through uh, Marshall Martin at Target and went with the 206 package because it's out of a box. It's ready to go. I mean, a couple of heat cycles and it's going to run and it's going to be beautiful compared to a 206 that's been rebuilt. The, 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 the ability to run those engines side by side is great. I mean, they, they're so equally matched no matter yeah. what you do those engines because they're sealed off. And so when we're looking at the long-term the long-term plan for the series and the, the race itself, you know, how do we partner with an engine that we know that if they get a brand new one, they're going to be able to compete with the guys that have a seasoned engine. Same thing. The guys that have a seasoned engine could be able to compete with a brand new engine. And there isn't this arms race for the next spring or the next. Flight. Yeah. 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 You know, all those yeah. things are kind of taken out of the game with the Bridges Stratton platform. Um, it's a great partnership. We had Dan, uh, Dan Roche uh, down at the 24 hour here last year. Um, probably the best decision I've ever made because he's a great guy and he's been a great yeah. the whole time as we made this this transition to running the race in New Orleans. That's awesome. Uh, we talk engines. Let's talk tires. Uh, just because I want to know this, is it one set of tires for the whole 24 hours? How many sets do you give them? So last year we gave everybody a set plus two. Okay. So you could pick uh, two rears, a left, you know, a, a front and a rear, two fronts. Most people. Oh, want a set, a set plus two tires. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Man. The only only tire failures problems we had the whole race last year happened to come from tie rod, uh, you know, impacts. Okay. Yep. <laughs> like an actual tie rod going through the tire. Well, no, like you know, if you're you're driving and the cart tires doing this and towed out for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <No. laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Uh, Oops, I forgot to tighten it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that really the only uh, only problems we had with the tires all last year. One of the things we're looking at this year, we ran the R80 tire, um, and we're discussing not official in in regard, but maybe running an R60 and an R80. So we have like a, a, a an option tire that you can put on at some point during the race, but you have to run it at some point during the race. Oh, that's interesting. Um, cow speed. I mean, I, we're always looking at what other people are doing, you know, doing well. Mm -hmm. And CalSpeed did with this option tire for their Machismo 12 hour. And it seemed that everyone really liked that ability to, all right, not on top of managing tires. Now we have a softer tire that we can throw on when it's colder outside. Yeah, it's like running the, running the blacks and the reds in IndyCar. I like that. Right. <laughs> yes. So working on those, those, uh, those rules and how that would all kind of come together is one of the things. But 
luckily we have almost a year until the race. And there's still plenty of time <laughs> to figure those items out. Don't don't take your time; it'll be here quick. That's exactly. <laughs> what I was gonna say. All of a sudden, it's here. Hey, listen. Obviously, with with Jason coming in now on the audio, which is great. Good good time to talk staffing. I think that's one of the things that I want to kind of dive into a little bit. The race itself is amazing. The experience for these guys getting a chance to go racing. What does it take to staff an event like this, Jason? Obviously, you sat carding coming on board with TJ. Uh, how many people do you have? How how long are the shifts they run? Like, it's got to be crazy. We we work with the track pretty okay. much. We see what the track has for our track crew, and then on top, and then it's Rick, Mike, uh, Mike couldn't be there last year, so Jim Fry. So hopefully, we have all three of them there. Myself. And that's like our core officials there that kind of direct the entire race. And then we're on track making calls. We're doing, like I said, like I said, off air was doing like, I enjoy doing the pit tech work, watching the pit stops for a couple hours on break. But we will, we'll just time it out with breaks with each other. Just, hey, I'm going to go till 2 a.m. And then I'll be back at 4 a.m. Mike's, Mike works night, so he'll work the whole night shift. <laughs> And then Jim and Jim and Rick will work and take a break at some point overnight or something. And uh, scoring, I think last year we had two people up in scoring the whole time. And pretty much it's really just Tom staring at the monitors the whole time. And then whoever's backing him up to help him. And it's then like about coffee the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And then um, TJ is going back and forth between scoring, between the track, between us and... A lot of times something will happen and like if something bad happens or we miss something or something's happened on track, like TJ and I will start talking after we have a call on the, the official side and then we'll kind of talk about it. And it's like, yeah, I'll, we screwed up. I'll go fall on the sword. <laughs> so let's TJ, I got this one and he'll take that one. And like I said, for me, the best part, the, the hardest part and the best part is the pit tech work because you're following pit stops, having to watch what everybody's doing and it's really cool watching the uh, teams come, the, especially the lead teams or the more serious teams come in, I should say, and watching what they're doing on the pit stops, how they're doing it, yeah. uh, monitoring tires, checking tire compounds and stuff like that. Well, with the change to NOLA, obviously the Orlando Kart Center has a little bit more of a condensed pit area. When you look at yeah. NOLA, it's, it's essentially a Talladega <laughs> or Daytona style pit lane where it's super long. Now, does that factor in and in increasing the amount of staff that you actually have overseeing the pits? Because if you if you guys also increase the number of, of entries to say possibly 50 oh, yeah. compared to what you had last year, I mean, you're going to have to have sectors of, of, of officials, don't you think? Absolutely. And what we what we always did with Orlando was is you kind of had like a hot pit, which was right around where everybody come in off the scales at because they'd come in off they'd come in off the track, uh, hit pit lane do the scale in and then be able to lunge forward and then push the cart from there. And then a lot of teams would actually set up right by where you came off the scales at, do all their work there unless it was a big problem. And then they'd run back to their pit in a hurry. But really the top guys were all doing their pit stops right there in the same little 50 by 50 area, which kind of made it nice. You weren't really, we weren't really having to chase people down. So this will okay. definitely be something down the that we'll have to look at is how do we section off and like do we have the hot pit or do we mandate everybody a hot pit unless yeah. you have problems which way do we want to go about it this year 
That's a really, really, really good point. Now, one of the things, obviously, uh, third edition of this now. So, TJ, you've been through the heartache of the first one. You've been through the second one where you fixed the mistakes of the first one. <laughs> um, two questions. Number one, I'll start with both you and Jason. What are you planning on? Uh, you know, what did you learn from the last one that you're really like saying, hey, you know what? This is a checkmark box for us where we're going to learn from this. We're going to be better this year. And then, TJ, we'll come back to you afterwards because I want to pull to your MyLap side because you always do some pretty cool stuff with my laps uh, in terms of tracking drivers, letting you know what drivers are in the cars, the whole thing. T let's, Jason, let's start with you guys and, and, and TJ, you can go. Anything you learned last year that you're going to make, you know, really aggressive attempts to fix this year? One thing it's really, it really, one problem we had last year was we were over aggressive at times where it's an endurance race and we had an issue come up with the leaders. And unfortunately we made a bad call. They should have been penalized. And it was something where, they came in off track and they hit the scales. And when you hit come off the scales, and this is something on TJ's side as well, is we're gonna have to move the beacon point for the scales because they when they backed up to get off the scales, they tripped the pit lane sensor a secondary time. Yeah. So suddenly Tom's like, they they came in under this time, under this time, and we started backtracking it. And we'd already before we could pull the flag in, they had already adhered to it. And like these guys are on top of it, and like they come in immediately as soon as they saw the flag. And it's like, uh, sorry, <laughs> fortunately. Yeah. And that was like middle of the race, middle of the night. And fortunately, it didn't affect anything. But that's one of the things where, as a core, we kind of got to get away from the sprint mentality things where we've got time to work the problem until you get to an hour left in the race. Yeah, that's true. Um, we, we actually found a lot of holes last year that we were able to plug and it went really, really smoothly last year. We pause our face-to-face -face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. You want the best? You just got to roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but karting's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience with kart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperstands.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com, where all our products are just a mouse click away. We ship daily to ensure that you get your order as quickly as possible, and we are constantly adding new products to our online store. We specialize in IME engines, tillet seats, ceramic product line, OTK products, Briggs & Stratton engines, and of course, our championship-winning Merlin chassis. 
In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fit your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. That's awesome. Uh, TJ, what about you? You can comment on that, maybe respond to some of that, and then give us potentially what we're going to see out of your side too. One of the things from a promoter standpoint that we noticed with the growth potential is that parking is always going to be a premium. Um, and so that was one of the things that we're able to check with NOLA in that it's got a, a six-acre parking lot <laughs> uh, right there at the track um, for, for that size of event to be perfect for us. Um, but actually, one of the things that Rick said during the driver's meeting last year in terms of, of monitoring all the vehicles, he says the best tech out there is the team next to you. You know, there was some concern that people were going to cheat on fuel or do this and that in their, their garage stalls. And Rick goes, look, you had, there's way more of you guys out there looking. If someone comes in and they have a gallon of gas in their, their, their pit box and they're going to dump it in there with a, a, a big gulp cup, let us know. <laughs> like it's the same. Um, so that was one of the things, but as, as terms of learning, it's just having more staff. Um, yeah. you know, last year we had uh, three helpers bail out the day before the race. They were supposed to be there, they weren't there. So we had to spread out some roles amongst people that weren't yet prepared to be doing registration and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So just making sure we have the staff on hand, um, especially if we grow by you know 30% or so um, for the race in 21 make sure it all goes smoothly, make sure people check in wristbands and that kind of stuff. Um, having the hot pit and the cold pit at NOLA is going to be very good in terms of there's going to be less people bringing their dogs around carts that are running and that kind of stuff. True. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> separate that pit road at NOLA. All right, here's your hot pit. If you're coming down pit road, you're going to stop in your pit box. You're going to do your work in your pit box and then you're going to go down the fuel station. If you need to go back to your RV or you need to go back to your car, or you need to go back to the grill that's all back here in the paddock. It's not up here where there's carts moving yeah. at speed. And when I say at speed, we're going to um, utilize multiple timelines. Um, the goal is to have six or seven timelines on pit road um, to monitor pit road speed. Yeah. Okay. And one of those, you know, segues of what we're going to do with the MyLab stuff, um, you know, getting multiple decoders on pit road, multiple decoders out on the track, but that way we can monitor how long people are on pit road, how fast they're going on pit road um, and then doing some really cool stuff with driver IDs um, for the 21 race that does not require a battery and a bunch of cabling on the car, which is going to be huge. Okay. So let's, uh, I'm excited. Well, it's, it's David, it's kind of like, the, you know, they just keep, everything keeps getting a little bit better, right? My laps keeps adding a little more technology, a little more here and here. It just seems like this thing continues to go in the right direction. I love it. That, that's exactly it. And, I, and that's why I was wondering, even with the Microns, with the miles per hour, because not every carts have miles per hour. It's kind of like the NASCAR where you got to go by the RPM where, you know, my, if everybody's going to get a Micron that has the mile per hour. So it kind of helps you to kind of keep, because I'm assuming it's going to be mile per hour time-based and you can, and all the people will be able to crunch numbers. So that'll be cool just as a driver perspective where you're like, okay, I got to monitor my speed. Cause that's a long ass pit lane. I mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> that is. 
<laughs> well, one, one of the things we always saw with um, Orlando on the pit stops was you have a four-minute time stop. Whatever you can do in four minutes, it has to be a four-minute minimum. These guys, like, they're on the stopwatch as soon as that cart would come across. And, like, if somebody got a time penalty, like, we actually had to where they had, like, six seconds extra of room if they played it right. And, like, I mean, they were timing their stops down to within two seconds of – they knew when they had to be fueled up and when they had to exit pit lane. Well, man, if you're going to win, that's what you got to do, right? Exactly. Yeah, on a, on a 48 second lap at Orlando, I mean, if you lose three seconds every pit stop, well, you're, lo- you're looking at second place now. Exactly. That. Hey, I, we had a question come in there, Dave. You want to grab that oh, one? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I, have my, I have my notes over here. No, I, I fired it up. <laughs> there we go. Ren Henry says, will there be onboard cameras available to view during the race? What kind of coverage are we going to have, guys? I think that's that's probably the, the, the crux of that question. Uh, so I'm looking at a couple different vendors for cameras. Um, the Driver's Eye Live guys did a great job uh, last year. Uh, with that said, I have a, a partner of mine within MyLaps who does the AMA Supercross, a bunch of different big events. Uh, and I've been talking to him. So, all right. I don't want to do that. That's a little bit too intense for a go-kart race, but I would like to have a package that we can then turn and flip to uh, the CB, CBS Sports or uh, what's what's the other the other channel? I'm blanking right now. Map, Map TV. TV. Map TV, yep. Have, yep. have a nice broadcast where it's not a, ste- a steady camera, but something with motion that we can then turn around and go, all right, here's an hour-long program for Map TV. They can play at 1 o'clock in the morning, but hey, yeah. it's still a go-kart race on That's TV. It. That's it. Um, uh, obviously, you know, kind of building some 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 names here. You talked about Scott Barnes. I know he was super uh, stoked to be at the race lot this this past year. Uh, who are some of the guys that, that like? What what was the team that won last year? Let's start by giving them some props. Can you, can you throw some names out there? Two Jeff? years. Yeah, the last two years. years. They won last two years. Yeah, yeah. Zanella. So that's uh, that's Naka Zanella, who you know, you could probably drive Orlando Kart Center with a blindfold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so he actually entered last year's race by himself and Saturday morning pulled Danny Formel, uh, Tyler Gonzalez and <laughs> what? Paul, uh, Miguel, uh, uh, Rodriguez, I think Ramirez, Miguel. Ru- oh, Ramirez. Matias Ramirez. Matias. Matias Ramirez. Yeah. A bunch yeah. of ringers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like I was like, all right, we're looking at like five of the top 15 best carters in the nation right yeah, now. Rock the Rio shifter champions, race winners, yeah. like back to back years. Right. <laughs> So, and of course they, they know Orlando Kart Center and they can yeah. all of them drive in blindfold. So the last two years they won. I don't know if they're going to return this year just because we're no longer at Orlando. It's their base of yeah. operations. Love to have them back. I'd love to see them go for three. Um, you just never know. Yeah. It's, you know, part of that whole, that risk when you move away from a track that already has a good base is, you know, who's yeah. going to. Yeah, but hold on. We're talking Noel Motorsports Park. We're talking New Orleans. Like, yeah. let's just the track and the yeah. and the city itself. What about the Taylor brothers? You gonna get them back again? You think? One hundred percent. All right, that's good to know. Test pops up in the last second, but the plan is right now to have them back. Um, get a couple more people involved from the SimCraft side. Um, okay. They've been a great partner, and uh, they've really been pushing this event to make it a uh, successful one for 21. Speaking of the event, why don't you give us a, just a little overview, those who may be tuning in here. Obviously, some watch it live, the rest will watch on our YouTube channel. Uh, for those of you who are watching, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Please do that ASAP and smash that like button. Uh, what's the what's it look like? What's the, what's the event schedule look like? So you know? right now we have like a promoter's practice on Thursday. So okay. officially we start taking over the track Thursday afternoon. We will be splitting with their concession carts. 
because you don't want to shut a track like NOLA down completely. They're going to need every you know concession dollar possible. But we're going to allow people to come in and start practicing on Thursday. Uh, and then Thursday night, we're actually going to go do a driver's dinner at a, a place called Cooter Browns. It's off the uh, St. Charles line there in, in okay. downtown New Orleans. Um, afterwards, if you want to go hit up Bourbon Street, have at it. I'll probably <laughs> go back to the RV and go to sleep because yep. Friday's going to be pretty busy. But, uh, you know, there's going to be those people that partake and get crazy and maybe someone gets bailed out of jail. Who knows? Well, that's the night to do it, right? Because you got Friday night to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you get serious Saturday morning. You get serious Friday evening, yeah, Saturday morning. Uh, so Friday, the whole plan is is to get practice rolling uh, about mid mid morning. Uh, with practice in that regard, it's open tire. Like you don't have to run the tire that we're going to be racing. We're not going to hand those tires out the whole time to qualify, anyways. Okay. Uh, so you're just just out there lapping, getting used to the track. Right now, tentatively, we have a four-hour junior race scheduled for Friday. Oh, okay. I figured the track's rented. Let's try to maximize that track time and uh, what we've paid for. And so the goal is to try to get a four-hour junior race scheduled in there. Um, our partner at Pride Pride uh, Apparel, who did all those awesome loud shirts last year, yeah, um, they've stepped up to kind of support that event. So we're going to try to get that ball rolling here about March and try to see what we can get for entries on that. So it's, it's basically junior. So 12 to 15 year olds. How many, how many? Yeah. yeah. For a four hour, how many kids? Two, well, three, the goal four? Are, yeah, three, four. I mean, yeah, if you're on one, well, a 15 year old, that's pretty cool and, and badass. but how, how, what's the limit on teams? Because I, I think there'll be a number of junior drivers and, and especially their parents that would be uh, very excited to, to take part in this. Yeah. yeah. With the track time and the amount of space we have, I think limiting at 15, 20 teams for this first four yeah. hours is where we want to be. Um, you know, there's really it's it's gonna be a squeeze. Jason's in, in charge of putting together the schedule. He loves juniors. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, to make sure that we get that race in, get qualifying in on Friday, get enough practice for everyone that's coming in on Friday afternoons, all it's a it's a big dance. Get the driver's meetings done for both events. Um, it's kind of dancing around each other, and that's where the staffing comes into play. Uh, but I think it'd be successful. I mean, it, it's that was one of the big takeaways we kept getting from last year is we had the whole teams of racers submit their driver resume to USAC, and they're all 13, 14 years old. Okay, yep. So, yep. I'm sorry, guys. Like, we can't mm. be 16 up or 16 within a year to race in the 24-hour. So it's kind of that whole yeah. idea of how do we get think, them in Think how RoboPong was, too. Uh, towards the end with the tag program, you had the it, it became more of a festival throughout the weekend where you had support races leading up to the main show on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Um, okay, so practice on Friday, drivers meeting on Friday in the four hour, the Pride four hour. Uh, when do things get rolled? What happens on Saturday? Saturday, uh, seven a.m. race start. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, the do green flag before eleven. That's yeah. that, that's the plan. That's the plan. Uh, you know, the guys at USAC, they never miss a time, uh, which everyone loves. And that was one of the big takeaways is that if it says it's 11, 15, and 12, 12 seconds, they're going to go green. Damn it, it's 11, 15, and 12 seconds when they go green. So now, do, you guys, do you guys go qualifying and then right into the race? Like qualify, set the grid, and go like immediately kind of thing? So this past two years, we qualified the morning of. Okay. I want to try to get away from that if all possible. And that way teams can get in there and get set up. And then that also then provides us the opportunity to do team pictures. Yeah. All the, 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 the pomp and circumstance the last two years, we haven't really been able to do because we're rushing to get to that 12 o'clock start. Okay. Yep. Um, 
And so that's one of the things we're looking at doing this year. Uh, you know, getting a couple of photographers this year out on course. That's something I've failed at the last two years is hiring a photographer to be on site. Um, so we'll have that happen. And then yeah, about 11 o'clock go green. Uh, and what that does is then by 12 o'clock, one o'clock the next day, people are packed up and leaving and they can make the two o'clock flights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the longer you wait to start the race, the longer your people are then waiting to get out of there. Yeah, understood. Now, well, let's talk about the one thing kind of as we start to wrap up a little bit here. Uh, it, you can bring your own carts. I know in, in, the, in the past you had engines and, and you had, number one, you had actual arrive and drive programs as well. People that people that weren't bringing their own stuff in could do arrive and drives. Uh, you had engines that you could rent as well if you didn't have an engine, whatever it may be. What's the whole setup for this year? Well, at least you're, I should say, because it's like 10 months away still, 11 yeah. months away. Long range plans. What are you thinking in terms of equipment? Well, being a young promoter, I've I've learned the less things I have my hands in, the better everything else goes. <laughs> um, so year one, I tried to manage, you know, having the higher cart class, and and everyone got a fresh engine. And in year two, I changed it to hey, if you want arrive and drive, contact Margate. If you want to arrive and drive, contact TV car. Contact yeah. get with them, figure out what their costs are to bring a mechanic. You bring without a mechanic, you bring a cart. Um, and then last year I offered an engine package. The plan is, is still to offer an engine package this year um, on a case-by-case -case basis. Basically, if someone says, hey, I want to get an engine, fresh engine, who do I contact? Then I can point them in that direction versus saying, you, you send me 600 bucks and I'll get someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'll have suppliers. Right. Yeah, send yeah. Them back, basically go back up to Marshall because uh, he's been great this both both years. Uh and making sure that's off my plate and, and, and taken care of by someone else. For sure. Dave, what you got anything else, Dave? Uh, the track. Um, I obviously Nola is a, has different multi configurations. Um, I believe I saw a layout put out. I'm not sure if I was able to find it again. Is that still something that's, uh, uh to be determined? <laughs> Jason's like, corners. If I let Jason and Rick and those guys have their way, we'd be running Daytona and just run the outside loop. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't, we won't be that far. No, no, I want corners, but there's, there's like one set of corners. Somebody made a comment about and Mike and I were looking at it going, yeah, we could maybe ditch these couple of corners to make it easier for a 24 hour race with curbing and stuff. Try to make, try to make it as user friendly as possible on the carts. Yeah. I think I know which sets you're talking about. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. if Danny Formel is going to be there. Well, and that's it because because when you watch you know the scooter races that we went to, when you go out on the racetrack, I mean they're nailing these curbs super hard. Yeah. And now you, if you do like what the World Finals were in 2013, yeah, even Formel hit those pretty hard, but you didn't necessarily have to. He just loves jumping curbs. So yeah. it, it, as you said, it makes it a little bit easier on the body, on the cart, and all the equipment. So yeah. Hey. Here's one we didn't we didn't hit on yet. As we as I said, get ready to cap this off. Uh, what's what's up for prizes? You mentioned watches. Give me give me the scoop on what you get if you win this thing. The right now, the only partner we have stepping up right now is the the watches. We're working on a couple different tiers of, of giveaway prizes for the podiums. Um, we pause our face to face broadcast for this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. I think we all know that in racing, every kid's dream is to progress through to the top levels of motorsports. Take that first step with the Will Power Kart. This new karting chassis was launched in collaboration with IndyCar champion Will Power, Kart Republic, Kart Sport North America, and MPG Motorsports. Two models are available through Will Power Kart, 
with the WP-12 and WP-Mini, which will get you from Cadet all the way through the shifter kart categories. In its first season, Will Power Kart secured victories and podiums at the national, regional, and club level, including two United States Pro Kart Series championships. The kart is primed and ready to take you to victory lane. Visit willpower.com to learn more about their chassis lineup and follow them on all social media platforms. Will Power Kart. All power. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis and the new for 2020 in the U.S., the Red Speed and the EOS, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and the Scusa Winter Series and the Pro Kart Challenge, and the United States Pro Kart Series and the WK Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK directly. Welcome back to Face to Face on the EKN Radio Network. One of, again, one of those nice things about being a year away, we're able to kind of slowly start adding these, uh, you know, a generator or tires and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. We can start adding those and, and trickle those those releases out as well uh, to give uh, partners uh, a little bit more bang for their buck. Ren Henry's got another question. You talked about being on the podium. He says, he says oh, where'd it go? He said, instead of champagne, will there be hurricanes on the podium? <laughs> oh, it, man. It, doesn't, doesn't New Orleans have like a daiquiri, drive through daiquiri playing at every corner? Right across the street from the track, too, if I remember correctly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, it's not a bad yeah, idea. Everyone gets the big grenade. Uh, yeah. That's it. You got to get some beads for sure. For sure, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I beads. Beads. That, that was, yeah, that was one of the things for the, the Rotax World Finals that were there. Yeah, they everybody had beads. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, if you, if you were to hit Bourbon Street after the event, I think you'd be an all-star already, right? In driver suits. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Just wow. Street in your driver suits. I mean, I will be staying for a couple of days, but <laughs> people will have to join me. <laughs> in all honesty, I mean, we're looking really good for next year. I mean, the, the energy has been very positive. Uh, I sent out an email to all of the teams from 2019, 20, 2020 race that, hey, Giving you guys a heads up, this is what we're going to look to do. So this is not a, you have to give me money right now, but if you're going to return, just let me know. And hey, like if you're going to return with two teams, just let me know. No cost, no risk, just let me know where you guys Intent, are. intent, right? They're intent. Yeah, letter of intent. Yeah. Letter of intent. Yeah. If you're yeah. going to college with a, a Big Ten school. That's it. <laughs> but so right now, with everyone that's RSVP'd, we're sitting at 47. What? Yeah. yeah. Te teams. <laughs> teams. 47 teams already. 47 wow. teams. That's amazing. All right. 
when January one comes around and the deposits actually start coming in, how many actually yeah. you know put yeah. their deposit down is gonna be a different thing. But the fact that show me the know, money. <laughs> teams that's amazing and hey listen and we, and we talked about this before we came on what's the, the track is a big racetrack how yep. many how many carts can you put out there so between 53 and 55 is what we can put out there man all right um, i don't know that's, exactly that's proper. One. 24 hours a day is like in the 50s you yeah no, that's that's yeah perfect. that's a proper endurance race I mean, there's room there's Great. room everyone could have their own pit box and stuff but yeah it's uh, it's wow. definitely to see. I mean, I never thought making the small adjustment just because you know coronavirus did what it did to motorsports. Like, All right, let's just focus in New Orleans. That it would have this kind of response that we're getting. You know. Well, and I think the for me at least the growth of this event. You you, you talk about those three events that are going to be in a row. You got Rock the Rio, which has turned into a, you know obviously a massive event. Uh, they had a great run run at the Rio this this past year. Then you got this event that could be forty to forty five to fifty to fifty five. Then you got the Super Nationals. Yep. That's a pretty monster, what, 21-day window there uh, in November. It's or end, of, end of October and November. That's pretty crazy. Uh, I think I saw in a release, did you say January 1st is when you're actually going to open up registration? Yeah, so January 1st, I will send a registration link out to the returning teams. So basically, okay. every team captain from 2019 to 2020 will get a registration link. Um, and then we'll let that kind of churn see what the actual bite is and then open it up for uh, uh, new registrations within a couple of weeks after that. Oh, that, that soon afterwards. Yep. Okay. So you're going to have to jump at it for sure. Uh, let's give us some number. What, what's the website, uh, social media? What, what, what do we got? So social medias are all SimCraft 24. Uh, okay. Kind of building this brand around the SimCraft family. Mm-hmm. The whole I, obviously idea was to run two 24 hour races this year. So that's how that branding came about. Um, so SimCraft 24 is an Instagram SimCraft 24 on Facebook. Um, the website is 24hrsofnola.com. Um, we have a, a tentative schedule listed there, a bunch of media uh, pictures, the the posters from last year's so of the teams that didn't get the artwork because I didn't release it because you know, <laughs> I got behind a little bit. But if they want to grab the artwork from the last two years and make their own printouts and stuff, they can find that there on the website and download it and take it to their local print shop. Yeah, we've got eleven months, bud, to get this thing put together. Let's uh, you got lots of th- don't of and don't wait on it. What's oh, that, Jason? <laughs> Plenty of time. Plenty okay. of time. <laughs> we'll we'll focus back on September and figure out. What's going on. <laughs> don't be doing that. All right, well, we had a bunch of people come on here, which is great. Ask a couple of questions. That's awesome, uh, guys. Anything else you want to throw out here? Obviously, an opportunity to kind of talk about the event. We're at minute number forty-two, capping this thing off nicely. Uh, any final words? Main thing for me is just seeing when TJ brought this to us, it was, it was very new to us because Mike was used to Granja and all that. He had ran there in Brazil yep. before. Uh, for me, like like we were talking about was I was used to RoboPong, but like throughout the Midwest, this is like really a real rarity. I mean, you look at how they ended up struggling with RoboPong, even if 206 is a draw entries. But then TJ's deal, it's just it has such an organic following that TJ brought in with people he already knew from working past events and just how loyal everybody's been. And it's a totally different crowd, like you said uh, earlier in the show. And it's how the following that this deal has taken, and it's really starting to draw interest from these sprint guys that haven't done this before and they're wanting to travel down to do stuff like this. That's awesome. Yeah. TJ, you feel that way as well? 
Yeah, I mean, Jason was there for it. I stepped up and tried to say a couple words at the driver's meeting last year, and I ended up crying like a, a little child. <laughs> you didn't. Did you really? Oh, I, did. I, I, I was, I was kind of just taken back by everyone that rejoined to come and do year two. So I can understand that completely. And, you know, I don't come from a big job where I have all this money to go play. I mean, it's kind of what I do on the side. Um, so when having all those people take the jump and, and compete with us, is a huge honor to have them uh, and come and race and have fun and, and make those stories. So TJ, you're telling us you're not going to start a national car new organization. <laughs> <laughs> no, can't do it. I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I digress. Um, we got it. We got to talk about this last year. Jason Burgess, the flag man wrapped himself in lights and, uh, I don't know, whatever you had on yourself, because just maybe yep. people could see you at night. How do you go to the next level? Do you dip your body in like fluorescent liquid or something and just be naked? Or oh, what do you it's do? the new, the suit. We're going to New Orleans. It's going to be loud. Oh, it's going to New Orleans. That's true. It, yeah, it's, we're going to New Orleans. It's going to be loud. <laughs> For those of you uh, who may not have saw, uh, Jason has got himself all strung in with like string lights, essentially. Like, what, yeah. I don't know what terminology all around his entire body while he was flagging at night so you could see him. I thought that was absolutely awesome, dude. You have a you have a style and a panache that I uh, I respect, <laughs> and that, that was very cool. I look forward to seeing what it looks like this year. That's awesome. Uh, and that said, to cap things off, David Cole and I do have the weekend off. There's a possibility for us to potentially come down and be part of it. I just don't know if I can go. How long? Here's my question. How long is a normal stint? <sighs> I mean, if you're the 24 hour class, you're you're in there. Uh, How long is a stint? Uh, an hour. hours. No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. About yeah. an hour. Hour and fifteen, maybe on the weak side, you can do that. I mean, at some point, the pain becomes relative. Oh and, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It becomes relative. <laughs> we're gonna have a we're gonna have a cart with a full containment suit. <laughs> that's a willpower cart. That's, that's, right. that's right. We need. Hey, we need a. We need a super cart seat, David. Yeah, it might work. Neck brace, you know. You know, the midgets, midget headset. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. That's right. why you got to go with a thick neck brace. It, it oh, certainly man. helps. Oh, that's not exactly for an endurance race. That thick neck brace comes in. Yeah. There it is. There it I've is. Been, well, I've been planning for this my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, great. I thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I do appreciate that. Again, the SimCraft 24 Hours of NOLA. NOLA Motorsports Park, November the 11th to the 14th. Uh, as he said, go to the website, follow him on social media. Uh, January 1st, for those who raced in last year's event, a couple weeks after that, for those who weren't involved in last year's, 47 people of our teams have already put in letters of intent. Uh, that's amazing. Teams. Uh, this thing could be massive. It could be 55 entries uh, in, in terms of teams, which I think is absolutely amazing. TJ, thank you so much. Jason, thank you so much. Uh, again, it's cool to watch this genesis happen and then the development of what is turning in uh, to becoming, uh, I think, one of those core events that we have. There's the Supernats, there's Rock the Rio, there's Rock Island, there's the Battle of the Brickyard, as we know. Uh, a lot of these major events, WK Cart Week, that have happened, this is, a, is an event that's doing exactly what it wanted to do, and that's try to become part uh, or something like the Grandia 500 down in Brazil. Kudos to you guys. Great job. Thank you so much for joining us. That's going to wrap things up here, folks, in this edition of Face to Face. Thank you for joining us once again. David Cole, I appreciate it. Anytime. That was a good show. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. That's what you're here for. That's what I pay you for. 
You do, you do an awesome job. You do, you do. Hey, folks. Yeah, happy- hey, Daytona. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. So I was. I'd say this is going to be like the last, last face to face. But I'm really. I know that Dave's going to be off having a break. I'm going to try to get a hold of at least one or two drivers from Daytona at the end of the day uh, next week, and maybe some of the race winners, or whatever. See if we can't do something on here as well. That's what I yeah, plan. Yeah, we have Monday night, Tuesday night, yeah. and Wednesday night that we can uh, possibly get a hold of uh, some race winners because they have racing at least at the sprint track yeah. all three days this year. So uh, exactly, we might be able to do uh, some happy hours at, to close out the uh, 2020. I, I like mean, that. What better, what better way to do it? You know, <laughs> That's a great idea. Year. This terrible year with oh my God. Uh, well, great and, happy and, hours. And 2021 starting. Right, because this is 2021, yeah. Daytona. Yes, 2021. It starts. Yes, so it's, essentially, it's starting the new year. That's yeah, exactly we're right. the calendar year. <laughs> Folks, SimCraft 24 Hours Anola. If you're looking for an event that you want to add to your schedule to ha- to make it just something absolutely cool, I think David and I are going to see if we can't get down. They're going to team together for ourselves. We're looking forward to it too. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Face to Face. Book it. <laughs>